Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features B. Brian Foster, an Associate Professor of Sociology in the Department of Sociology in the College and Graduate School of Arts and Sciences at the University of Virginia. Professor Foster studies Black community life in post-1960s United States with attention to rural communities in the U.S. South. His research focuses on neighborhood effects, economic development, racial attitudes, culture, and placemaking. In this podcast, Professor Foster will talk with us about his book, I Don't Like the Blues, Race, Place, and the Backbeat of Black Life. The book follows Black residents in the town of Clarksdale, Mississippi, as they navigate the impacts of demographic restructuring in the Mississippi Delta and the town's attempts to use blues and heritage tourism as a tool to rebuild the town's economic infrastructure. So thank you, Professor Foster, for speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, great. So first, your book focuses on Clarksdale, Mississippi, as I mentioned. So why did you focus on this place and the Mississippi Delta? So, so yeah, thanks for that. To, to answer that, I have to go back in time just a little bit. I'm born and raised in Mississippi, small town in Northeast Mississippi. Um, and in kind of a roundabout way, I, I graduated from, I say roundabout because I went to a couple of undergrad institutions before ultimately graduating from university from the University of Mississippi um, and going to grad school at UNC Chapel Hill. And it was at UNC Chapel Hill in the course of reading um, at first lots of work, lots of scholarship on education schools. I was interested in racial disparities in, in any number of educational outcomes. It was in the it was in that time at UNC Chapel Hill that I noticed um, a lack of a dearth of work that gave voice to the experiences of people who grew up like I did in the country south, in, in the rural south. Um, and so this interest in doing what hadn't been done a whole lot, that is giving voice um, to, to, to communities in the rural south, that kind of led me back to Mississippi. So I got to the dissertation stage and knew I wanted to do some work in Mississippi. And um, initially was going to go to the town of Meridian, which is like central southeastern Mississippi. And um, there are just a couple of, of stories, one about uh, a black superintendent in Clarksdale and another about some things that were happening in, in the school district there that just kind of sparked my, piqued my interest. And, and I shifted in, in kind of a last minute way from Meridian to Clarksdale Um and you know more broadly, the Delta is is a is a widely studied, probably the most, not even probably, certainly the most studied and written about um, part of Mississippi. And so that was there was also that kind of appeal of of locating the work there. So and and you know there's some logistical things. Clarksdale is relatively close to the University of Mississippi, so I knew that would be kind of a base uh, for me when I was carrying out the project. Um, so yeah, that, lots of different reasons, lots of different things that pulled me that pulled me to Clarksdale and the Delta. And I understand from the book that you were there over a five year period of time that you were studying. Um, so I, I, I lived there. I lived there for twelve concurrent months, 
And then for half a year afterwards, I, I was living in Oxford. And so just driving there, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, four or five days a week. Um, and then funny enough, I end up taking a job, my first job at the University of Mississippi. So once again, I'm in close proximity to Clarksdale. Uh, and so I'm able to make, you know, I was able to make tons of, of, of return trips. So it's over the course of, of five years, some of which I'm living in Clarksdale, most of which I'm living close enough, as I say, to go, you know, pretty much any time that I wanted. Right. So, um, you know, as your the title says, there's a discussion about the blues. And so how does blues music sort of fit into the narrative of your book? Yeah, so in in the, I think there may be a couple ways to think about it. The subtitle of the book, Race Place in the Backbeat of Black Life, gives a clue as to the second way to think about the blues. So on the on the kind of um on one hand, I'm you know, the book deals uh explicitly with the attitudes of black Mississippians, in particular black folks in Clarksdale toward blues music, blues performance, and so forth. Um and it's it kind of you know it it presented itself initially in a way that was surprising to me. The assumption about black Southerners is that we are um, blues loving, we are uncritically blues loving, all blues everything people, um, and yet in conversations with black Clarksdaleans, with local black folks, I was hearing something different. I was hearing literally as I as I um describe in the opening pages of the introduction I was hearing literally I don't like the blues. I was hearing this kind of dismissive um way of speaking about what in you know what was 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 literally like I don't like blues music. I don't like the blues shows that are put on in town. Um and so I do a little bit of work of um, of revisiting kind of the the historical relationship between black audiences and blues music. There's a there's a um, a moment in the 1940s and 50s where you start to see this shift uh, away from old style blues sounds among black audiences toward more contemporary blues sounds, so like southern soul blues, uh, but then also rhythm and blues, and then eventually hip hop and rap music and everything in between, funk, disco and so forth. Um, and so in some ways, black Clarksdaleans were kind of falling in line with what we had been seeing for decades, wherein black audiences don't listen to blues music, old style blues music in particular, um, like they used to. Uh, but it's sort of the second way, on the other hand, the other way of um, that Black Clarksdaleans were dealing with the blues, the backbeat way, getting at the subtitle of the book, um, blues was sort of a stand-in for uh, a way of making sense of the world um, that was rooted in a particular racial experience. And and it was from this perspective that Black Clarksdaleans were speaking critically about what was happening um, in terms of economic development in in Clarksdale, it's a critique of how blues tourism spaces were being leveraged um, locally. Who was benefiting and who wasn't? Whose desires were being considered and who and whose desires weren't? And so, in some ways, they were saying, "I don't really listen to certain styles of blues music 
in some ways they were saying that what they were really saying though is i have an issue with what is happening structurally um in terms of the labor market in terms of healthcare in terms of the school system and so forth i have an issue with what is happening structurally and for all of the emphasis that local stakeholders and politicians and blues enthusiasts for all of the emphasis that those folks are placing on blues tourism spaces, I don't see the returns in these other areas of civic life um, that I see as, you know, of interest or of concern to me, to my family, to those people that I care about. Right. And um, as I read through the book, you know, there are blues clubs that are there all the time. Right. And then there are yeah. these festivals that happen. And there's these discussions that you're having with the folks, the black folks that are living there and saying, are you going to be going to the festival? And the, desc yeah. the description of many of the people are, no, I, I don't feel like it's for me or it's yeah. not, you know. So this development, uh, because as you say, sort of the state of Mississippi has put together this blues tourism idea, right? Yeah. In many different yeah. towns. And yet for the folks that live there, it's not what what comes from that. The economic development that comes from that is not reaching, as you're saying, the people that live there. And so inevitably there's this pushback, right? Of why isn't it coming to us and feeling people come into town and you know, what's the purpose of it all? Yeah. And and what I what I try to do, what I try to do speaking specifically about the absence of black audiences on the festival circuit um what i try to do is instead of instead of saying okay so there are not a lot of black folks at this blues club on the opening night of the juke joint festival or of the sunflower river festival there are not a lot of black folks here so maybe you know my work is focused on black community life black racial attitudes this must mean that this is not a place that i should be what I try to do with the book, and I try to do this in a few different ways, is to actually say, well, wait a minute. There is something valuable, something empirically important, meaningful in a group of folks in mass at scale deciding I'm not going to that kind of place, a place that historically I would, I was there in abundance, right? That Black folks took part in in abundance, being in a public space with some blues music playing. Um, and so, and so what I try to do is lean into the spaces or, and the attitudes. So attitudes like skepticism and dismissal and quote unquote, like more negative attitudes that we may as scholars, as writers, as researchers, that we may not always feel comfortable dealing with and thinking about, I try to lean toward them. And, and so, and that's where, you know, and that, that kind of, um, I try to get at that in the title of the book where it is, I don't like the blues. I'm leaning into the don't. What does the don't mean? What does the don't tell us or the absence um, to go back to the point about, about the festival scenes, the absence of black folks in this space tell us about race, about development. Mm -hmm. um, and I could go on. So, so yeah, I try to, um, I mean, I could say more, I could say more, but, but, the the I, I I think you get at an important kind of move that I try to make in the book where I lean into um, like these backbeat, as I say, sensibilities and gestures and decisions among black folks, among local black folks. Right. So I understand that you used ethnography 
to to develop the narrative of the book. And can you explain what that is for non-sociologists? And uh, and so then how you use this device uh, for the book? Yeah, yeah. So ethnography is a qualitative method wherein researchers immerse themselves in a setting that they hope will provide the answers to some questions, uh, to some set of questions that they have. So maybe you're interested in in something or another related to schools. So you decide to spend a year conducting observations at a local high school. And in the course of that year, you also interview some high school students and some teachers. Or maybe you have questions that have something or another to do with healthcare. And so you spend a year conducting observations at a hospital. And in the course of the year, you interview, maybe you interview some residents or something like that. And so for me, a person with questions about community life, community life in the rural South, Black community life in the rural South, um, that meant spending time in a Black community in the rural South, literally living there, grocery shopping there, going to the gym there, getting my mail there. Um, for, as I, you know, as we noted earlier, for a year. Um, and then in the course of that year, interviewing as many folks as possible um, and, and conducting observations in, many different, in as many different spaces around town as possible. And then in subsequent years, returning, um, returning to Clarksdale for follow-up interviews to conduct more observations. Um, and so ethnography is essentially the practice of people watching and eavesdropping, but then also more directly talking to folks um, with the goal of getting a sense of what life is like in a place. Right. And you do have uh, individual people that you follow throughout, um, in, you know, have chapters and individual people that you spoke to and that uh, throughout that time and that it fleshes out for. Um, so what has been the reception of your book sort of in Clarksdale and, and beyond? And it's, it's always, um, it was a very nerve wracking uh, experience going back to Clarksdale the first time after the book was out um, because of the, the, uh, the person who trained me, uh, to be an ethnographer, Dr. Carolyn Tyson, who is at UNC Chapel Hill. She's still at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, she, she like one of her metrics for how effective an ethnographer has been at their job is a simple question. It's, does this ring true? It's like, if you go talk to some folks in the place, in the school or the hospital, or in my case, in Clarksdale about your work, um, and you talk about what you found, does that ring true? Well, do they hear it and say, yeah, that's that's about how it is here. And so that was the the kind of thing I was both interested in hearing, but also nervous to hear. And um, and the overwhelming response that I've gotten, especially from local black folks is, yeah, that's that's about how it is here. Even even when there's an interaction I had um, with the woman, I was actually shooting like some promotional um like a promotional, I, I won't call it a short, maybe just a video that I, but it was, it was a little bit more produced than, than just, you know, like a cell phone video. But anyway, we were on our porch and, um, and I had a copy of the book and I was, and, and, and I handed her a copy of the book and I was going to explain kind of what the book was about. And she saw the cover, the title, and she's like, oh, well, well this ain't for me. Cause I love the blues. <laughs> and, and so there's the initial like, oh, 
this like, kind of an awkward situation. But then you then I explain um, a little bit more about what I do in the book, and and you see um, a, a familiarity kind of fall over her, and 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 that's the thing that that um that to me feels the best in terms of reception. It's when the folks who the book is about, when the folks who informed um, the narrative of the, of the book, when they read it um, and, and, and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it is here. And so um, from local black folks, but then also beyond there's, there's been mostly only positive, uh, like a positive reception but then the, the 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 backside of the positive reception is always, you know, what can be done? You know, what can be done? What is the way forward for a community that for black folks and everybody in Parksdale and the Mississippi Delta, black folks, white folks and otherwise, what can be done to improve the the day to day experiences of folks in a place that's been um, in, you know, structurally? terms of the labor market and healthcare and schools and I could keep going um, has been has been challenged for a while what can be done that's always kind of what comes on the other side of again what's been a really you know really positive reception yeah if I could just build on that for a second I mean what from the structural point of view what I what I was reading was that this is a town like many other towns that has had a decrease in agriculture, right? It was a yeah. one point in its existence, like again, many towns in the rural, wherever in this country, focused on agriculture, that became more mechanized and corporatized. Um, then there was this develop then there was this uh, development away from that into Manufacturing, service, yeah, manufacturing. Shortly, right? So, right. So, the, so that, to, yeah. I, I, I'll let you finish. So, just to tell the development story quickly. So, the Mississippi Delta is a time that, for the first half of the 20th century, has this really booming agricultural economy. Um, as we know of American history, uh, that literally runs on the labor of formerly enslaved folks, sharecroppers, and tenant farmers. There's a time in the 40s, 50s, and well, 40s and 50s primarily where agriculture becomes more mechanized, um, leaving many of those sharecroppers and tenant farmers without work, without um, without income, and so you start to see the 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 early makings of um, these sky high poverty rates among Black folks in the Delta region in the 80s. There's a there's a short uptick in manufacturing. Um, but that is short-lived. And then beginning in the 80s and proliferating in the 90s and early 2000s, you get the turn to heritage tourism in the Delta that looks like blues tourism. And sort of then a shift to service economy, you know, that is a low wage. It's not, you know, it's not able to sustain the community as, as much. So I, that is, yeah, yeah that, that's where we've landed, where, where, You've got you've got a lot of loose tourism things going on, festivals and performance venues and a couple of museums and such. Um, and then the backside of that is is a service economy, like you mentioned. Restaurants, retail, waitresses, waiters, so forth, um, a bunch of occupations that don't provide a living wage. Um, and even for the employers that do provide in Mississippi, 
what folks might call good money. The the local medical center, the school district is a is a pretty big employer. Um, even those places aren't providing for folks um, what they need to to build sustainable lives. Right. Right. Thank you. I mean, I, I just, that that's helpful to have that understanding of demographics and um, all of that. So finally, um, is there a connection between this book and other research that you're doing, other storytelling projects that you are working on? Because when you do read the book, in many ways, it is stories that you're telling. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So um, all, all of my work is, as I say often, about putting stories that come from the Black South, that come from the Black country South, uh, Black communities in the rural South, putting those stories on the record. Um, in some cases, like with I Don't Like the Blues, those stories are rooted in this critical disposition, um, a critical disposition directed toward a set of conditions that folks um, are not okay with, that folks are demanding be different. In a lot of instances, in some of my other work, some of my creative, I've um, directed a couple of short films, one titled We Dance one titled We Travel, I'm working on the third titled We Made, um, focuses on the more generative aspects of Black identity and expressivity. So culture production, dance and music, uh, food ways, so some of the food traditions associated with um, especially Black communities in the South. I'm, I've got a couple of book projects that are a little further down the road of but that are coming pretty quickly. Um, that that will also that will also take up um, questions about essentially like what what is it like to uh, or or what is it like in black communities in the south in the rural south and like what are folks there doing to make those communities safe and sustainable and joyful and more equitable for everyone there. That's kind of the fundamental thread. I think that ties all of my work together. What are folks doing in these contexts, rural communities in the South, to make their homes, to make the lives for, of, the, of their families and their neighbors um, more habitable, more sustainable, more, joy, more joyful, even if in a broader structural context, um, that 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 might make those things difficult, um, and and so yeah, folks can check out folks can check out my other work, uh, both past and and can learn about what I have coming down the pipe in the future on my website, thebryanfoster.com. Um, and yeah, you know it's 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 all Black South everything, all Black <laughs> South everything. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> wonderful well thank you so much is there anything else that you'd like to just say you know to tap it off of, of, about the book and what you yeah. like people to know yeah just i mean it's it's um i've been grateful for i've just been grateful for how again local folks in mississippi have received it but also and to a little bit of surprise i think to some surprise to me how some of my peers in the discipline who recently won an award um, from from one of our professional associations. And so I've been really gratified um, at how some of my peers in the discipline have received the book as well. And, you know, I'm just really excited to continue to do that work of storytelling, storytelling, you know, focused on on Black communities in the South. Really looking forward to, to continuing on that track. 
Well, great. So thank you so much, uh, Professor Foster, for sharing this information about your book, your research, the town and the people of Clarksdale. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. So, um, and it's we appreciate learning more about this community in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, thank you for sharing this knowledge and expertise with UVA's alumni, friends, and families. And I want to thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website at engagement.virginia.edu forward slash learn. You can also find our podcast on Spotify and with the Virginia Audio Collective, which is a network of UVA podcasts hosted by WTJU Radio and can be found at virginiaaudio.org. So thanks again, and we look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs.